Welcome to The Catch-Up, a podcast where we bridge psychology, linguistics, and mythology to explore the nature of our mind. I'm Neil. And I'm Melissa. I'm a linguist and author with a concentration in discourse analysis. I also study and write about applied mythology and its effects on our ability to communicate with ourselves and others. And I'm a trained psychotherapist with 10 plus years of experience, and I write about the myths we all have in our mind and their effects on our everyday behavior. This podcast brings together our respective fields so we can see what goes on in our minds, both socially and personally, so we can communicate our way through any experience with understanding. Let's catch up. Hey, welcome back to Meal Time. How you doing? The discussion to chew on today... The thing that we'll be catching up on today is our dream self. We are (laughs) pumped about this one. I think this is one of the funner ones that we're going to be doing. I would say this is one of the best ones. I'm just excited. This is a really fun topic to explore because it's intangible, but we all know it's there and we can personalize it and apply it to ourselves in our own unique ways. But we have research to back us up. So it's this weird space between able to be known and not really able to be known, able to be researched, but not able to be applied to statistics. I disagree. About statistics? I think statistics, yes, a lot of science needs hard data, as they call it, or they need some sort of working operational definition so that it can measure something. But I think we have enough statistics in our own consciousness to know that dreams are data, it's information, it is hard fact that our mind experiences a dream state when it's in a certain REM sleep cycle. We forgot, our cats were dreaming last night making noises. Sawyer does it every day. Well, maybe before we start into a debate about how tangible this is or isn't (laughs) in the research realm, we need to tell the people what we're talking about. Yeah, that's fair. So this episode is Dream Self, Unconscious Communication. So trying to figure out how we can break through some of those barriers that our unconscious and subconscious mind puts up so we can understand what's really going on when people are acting out their ideal self or dream state or nightmare state, too. We should cover that. Understanding the unconscious self and the dream self is key to understanding your self-dialogue. It is key to understanding your conscious communication. And it is key to understanding your core beliefs that play into your communication. Oh, yeah. Bingo. And let's kind of lay some groundwork, too. I think a lot of people got a rapid kind of chaotic class in diagnostic psychology in the past few years. A lot of people learned about things like a mental status exam with the person-place camera stuff. We have to understand, I think, firstly that we're all either oriented or disoriented to reality based off of our orientation to other people around us, ourselves, time, space, and objects. There's a way to look at why people are doing what they're doing through that lens, and it helps you kind of tease out or deduce where their consciousness is, where their unconsciousness is, and how much of what they're saying or doing is their subconscious speaking. Metaphors, obviously, are personal pictures from a mind embedded in language 
to show you where this person is coming from psychologically and physiologically, therefore mythologically. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you'll hear it in us. Obviously, this is one of our dreams was to write books, help people out, and then eventually do some sort of talk. And podcast, obviously, is the medium. But this is our artistic way of expressing ourselves. Therefore, you're hearing our conscious, unconscious self showing up here as we talk. Dreams are extremely important for understanding how you see yourself how you see your life playing out, how you see your past playing into your current life. It elucidates your self-esteem, your communication standards, your sense of self, all the nooks and crannies that Neil and I have been talking about in your mind. For example, I had a dream a couple of years ago that there was an omniscient figure showing me the three levels of my consciousness. Each level was its own pool that had a cascading waterfall into the next pool, which was bigger. So it was kind of like a layer cake, almost. And in my dream, I was about to enter the third, bottommost, the largest layer of my consciousness. And this omniscient figure was telling me this and saying, it's going to be a painful entry because every time you enter a new layer of confidence, the orientation of gravity changes. It goes from down to up and vice versa. You say confidence or consciousness because it's both. That's cool. So in my dream, <laughs> so in my dream, he told me this, and then all of a sudden, I was sort of just thrown into the final pool, and I had to swim my way to the surface, which was hard because gravity had just changed. And so as I broke through to the surface, I swam to the top. I broke through to the surface. I woke up. Now. What this does not mean is that I should go around telling everybody, now listen, people, there are three layers of our consciousness that we have to break through, and they happen at this time in our lives, and you're going to know, and blah, blah, blah. You can't be prescriptive. You can't be prescriptive. But what it does tell me is that probably everybody has different layers of their consciousness, and that it's a journey, and that certain times transition times into the next level of awareness are going to be those testing times in our life, those kind of trials, trials we all and have, yep. just normal life experiences. And it probably means that there are ways for us each to be able to understand through the imagery that's already lying in wait in our minds. So you can't be prescriptive with it. You can't say this is exactly how it happens, but you can say... Look at what this probably tells us about what it actually means to be human and live a human life. This is beautiful. So what you're describing is like why the arena of free speech, free think, and a democracy is a great opportunity to learn about how when people say certain things, use certain words, use certain metaphors and imagery, they're working on this too. They don't always know that because we can't. A lot of people didn't grow up with conscious adults around them. They were more so operating off of a subconsciousness, unconsciousness, instinctive self, which is fine. Most cultures still are extremely instinctive and embedded in the myths that were passed down to them. We, on the other hand, know now more about brain science, 
more about how this plays out. That's why mythology is important to highlight where our linguistics and psychology create our mythology. So let me throw this out there. When you were having that dream, do you remember how it felt to have that force telling you what to do? Was it not telling you what to do? What was that like? It wasn't really telling me what to do. It was just telling me what was going on. And it wasn't necessarily a creator. It was just a powerful, like, omniscient force. And I think what's important is that even though this isn't like a force I can point to, I pointed, I didn't say afterward, oh, that is God, or that is this God, or that is this force, and mm. I need to like start worshiping him kind of a thing. Right. That's not what happened at all. What did happen was you and I were in our personal lives going through some transitions at the time, and I was able to more clearly say, okay, this is just kind of my next level. This is what I'm supposed to be doing to grow as a person. This is supposed to not feel comfortable right now. This is not supposed to be just the best and happiest time, but it is supposed to be a time of growth that I will look back on and say good. So it doesn't have to be taken literally, but I think our dreams give us a compass with which to use during our life that we can look at as sort of a map, an outline, and say, okay, this makes sense because of this. It gives us confidence, it gives us sort of a roadmap, and it gives us an idea of what to expect in our daily lives so we can talk ourselves through it, which is why it's so important for self-dialogue. You're in the car, you're driving, looking at a map going, okay, I need to turn down this road, and if I go down this road, maybe it's more a scenic view, let's try that road. If it doesn't work, here's how I get back. You're allowed to talk yourself through the possible routes and the actual routes you're walking. To stick with the water metaphor, to keep swimming mm -hmm. and keep looking for... Everybody loves finding Nemo. Land, yeah. And wh what did that come from? That came from the consciousness of the writers, of people that were dreaming this myth forward in their own life. They shared it with us. We can mirror it back. Now we know how to get through stuff differently, better, whatever. I want to highlight something with this that it gives you a compass. I think it also, as I've seen with clients in the past, it also gives you a level, meaning a level, that little bubble that tells you if you're balanced or not and how to swim more sustainably or whatever you want to call it. It guides you. It says you might be leaning a little far to the left or right. You can align yourself. And I remember this was doing it for you. I was not doing well at that time, and you were holding the ship together, so to speak. We were going through too much at once, but you were handling it better, therefore you were the leader. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah and there have been times when you've been the leader when we've gone through transitions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a give and take. But understanding that there is something bigger at work mm -hmm. is huge, and really the only way to concretize what is the bigger forces at play are to listen to your dreams or your subconscious or your unconscious, your underlying awareness of things you know but don't know you know because that's the way to really sort of be able to see the storyline you're on, the storyline you're supposed to be on, the paths you're supposed to take, the path you are on to get there. It's really the way to sort of reify everything.
I love that. So we're talking linguistics, like there's all these words that show up. Yeah, it gives you a dictionary. Yeah. So in my thing, it's like there's an omniscient force. Okay, so in my dream, rather than saying there's like a god watching me that I was unaware of before, I'm going to say, okay, so there's a piece of me that has some type of omniscient understanding. Yeah. Omniscient plays a big role in my new dictionary now after that dream. Awareness plays a role. Consciousness plays a role. Water plays a role. Waterfall plays Mm -hmm. a role. Gravity plays a role. These are key words, key images from my dream that now play into my dictionary. So it gives me a language which metaphors, all that they do, are give us new and creative ways to more tangibly explain concepts, right? Like we talked about in the last episode, feeling down when we're feeling sad. It gives us a more tangible way to understand what it's like to be sad, feeling down. So what this does is if I'm going through a transition, I can say there's a shift in the gravity as a way to help myself say, okay, there's something happening here and it makes sense that it's uncomfortable. Yes. That kind of a thing. So you can revisit that later and look back and Mm -hmm. like a lot of people do, look back at their dreams and go, oh, well, look at that. I had the answers right there. Mm -hmm. I think you have to write down your dreams, at least practice it. If you don't do it already, best way to do it is, as a lot of people recommend, tell yourself, I want to remember my dreams. And then if it's in the middle of the night, use a flashlight, write it down. What I found helpful is to write it down and then type it out. And then you can do keyword search later and see patterns. Because that's just your beta waves and your flow at night showing you where you need to go next. And it's predictive if you do it openly. Some people don't believe in it. That's fine. They haven't done this yet. But that's their unconscious saying, I don't want to see what I have to see or what will be occurring in the future. The cool thing about allowing yourself to do this is it's scary and then it's practice and then it's work, but then it becomes so easy that it's almost instinctive after that because it is already built in. What we've found is if we can disassociate from how we used to be when we would deny certain things and just let the dream show us what to do, Our communication became so conscious, so corrective, that it was easy to fight. Our fights became more productive. I think our culture uses the word fight so often, the fight for everything. It makes it seem like there are so many concurrent problems that we forget we're the ones creating the current. That's what my book highlights, how we are creating the current, the wake, the waves in each other, in ourselves, and so we can harness that if we understand this on a more strategic level as we're communicating. What we're noticing right now is one of our cats is sleeping. You're not hearing them in this episode. A little sweet girl is dreaming and her breath is going a little bit faster at times. She's making a little bit of noise. So she's off somewhere, but she's practicing. She's in our sunroom, so she's making sure she's ready for whatever battle she has around the corner. Ready for life. She is. She's tough. What we know for a fact is dreams are also telling you about your physiology, how I've had clients in the past that were really dehydrated. Their dreams literally told them, drink some water. There would be dreams about them being in a desert and how they needed to get to water. There's an oasis and deja vu 
same thing is is telling you now you're on the right track so to speak if you are feeling that deja vu more often or noticing your experience of it it's a signal you're going the right way your right way mm -hmm. so paying attention to the images and the keywords key phrases will absolutely you're able like i said to add them to your new mental dictionary to conceptualize your own life experiences what you're currently going through what you have gone through and they'll give you language to help you talk about to yourself within yourself and about yourself to help you talk about what you've gone through what makes you you and it'll give you kind of also coping mechanisms like i said with me it's like okay it makes sense that this is uncomfortable right now it's a gravity shift for me yeah. helps me just concretize what i'm going through helps me give language to it um saying it out loud makes it more real and it makes it easier to kind of navigate your way around it. Oh, I want to share an example on that. Remember when I was having those dreams about like tackle boxes and lures and things? And I remember at that time, there's so many different meanings. So sharing the word tackle with people when I was explaining my dreams, some people would say, well, what came to mind for them was fishing lures, a tackle box. But then other people were saying, well, you mean like football tackle? etc. And this is when, again, we were going through some things. This is before what you were just talking about. So mm -hmm. other stuff we were going through. As we were going through those things, my dreams were telling me how I could tackle them, how I could use my toolbox, my tackle box, so to speak. And interpreting it with an open mind gave us the ability to go, oh, okay, so we need to be more assertive here little more passive here with think fishing if I throw my tackle in the water too hard scare the fish away if I do it delicately on the top surface of the water I'm more likely to know that they're gonna stay close and they're gonna come feed so to speak take the bait but you're doing that with yourself all the time and people like Young and Campbell researched imagery and dreams and things and Water very much means consciousness and awareness, and Campbell found that in mythologies of the world, both past and more recent, and Jung noticed that in his clients' dreams as well. They both show up as a way to let people conceptualize and understand what it means to have conscious awareness as a human. Yep. Do you, you remember that Chief Seattle quote? I just pulled it up. So he did that letter to all, wasn't mm -hmm. it called? Mm -hmm, I think so. He said, if we knew what it was that the white man dreams, what he describes to his children on the long winter nights, what visions he burns into their minds, essentially we would be able to work better together. What he was saying was, from a Native American point of view, what the heck are they saying to themselves, to their kids? What myth were they passing down if we knew we could bridge that gap better? I think now with things like Twitter, it's apparent what we're saying to ourselves, what we're saying amongst ourselves in our different groups. Um, so I think that's why it's important to change your feed, to evolve your feed, to make sure you're listening to a diversity of thinkers. Um, make sure you're thinking about who um, starts the thought that you're catching and throwing around yourself. We've been following a lot of really brilliant minds like Tanya Tagak, um, A Tribe Called Red, um, 
different ways of thinking about the world helps you see things differently. Uh, we've even noticed as we follow thoughts from Tanya, from a tribe called Red, it changes our dream state, it changes the way we conceptualize the world, and that gives you more of an ability to access all of our collective consciousness, not just the consciousness that you're used to following. So then you're able to expand it, make sure you have as much of an understanding as possible of the different levels going on. The things they say, you can see they're on a different level consciousness-wise, and they're helping us on a daily basis. We need to listen to different categories of people to understand where we're all going and where we need to go. And I think that's key. Like, like I'm learning as I'm listening to Brett Chapman, who's an attorney for Native Americans, I think in the Northwest. On Twitter, he keeps highlighting how much he understands we weren't the ones that did what our ancestors did to Native Americans. However, he's giving us a roadmap on a daily basis how we could do better working together right now, especially while another virus is happening. Just like it did in the past, it affects some groups of people more than others. Another dream that I was having was I kept having dreams as I was writing the first volume about how we needed to be better lifeguards, how we needed to find ways to make sure the waters weren't contaminated or toxic. Um, I remember a specific dream where I saw a group of people damming up the river and then throwing toxic waste into it. What we could have done is obviously use that to educate the leaders in our area. Your dreams are your inner voice. Your inner voice is telling you something through pictures, through verbal communication that happens in dreams, noises, animals, etc. And it tells you a lot about your landscape. If you grew up in a certain area, then you moved away. Your dreams will still hold on to some of that. You might revisit old landscapes or old buildings, houses. Use all that information, every detail you can remember. Write it down. It's useful. Mm -hmm. The imagery will help you conceptualize things. The language will help you conceptualize things. And it'll, it'll really help you to be able to concretize and really understand and give voice to your experiences, whether that be you need to talk yourself through something or whether that means you need to talk to someone else about something you're going through. Understanding the metaphors that your mind plays out in your dreams and understanding the visual imagery that is, if it's lying there waiting to come out in your dreams, it means you already have an understanding of it. So rather than trying to form new ways of talking about yourself that you don't really know or you can't put into real words because you are having a hard time understanding and conceptualizing it yourself, pay attention to the images and keywords and phrases you already have that are showing up when you're in your dream state. That'll give you appropriate language to really be able to understand and navigate the waters that you're traversing at any given time. Key. And more people are prophetic than they know. I remember when people would start to, and, and you see this on a daily basis now, with people sharing their thoughts so quickly. They know what's coming if they see the antecedents of things and aren't in denial. But then those that are in denial and unconsciously trying to control their own future, the self-fulfilling prophecy stuff, 
they can see, oh, this is going this way, there's that's going that way. I remember seeing some people that were noticing that this one boss was going to be a problem and their dreams were telling them through different scenarios that this was going to blow up. Sure enough, two, three months later, things blew up. Of course, it was helping them go, I, I got to get out of this job or I got to go a different way to protect myself. But they were then able to say to their coworkers, hey, we got to go this way. They did. Sure enough, things happened. And knowing that they were communicating their unconscious understanding of things through their subconscious and conscious communication, they adapted better. That's what we're doing on a daily basis. And, you know, once you start recognizing your dreams and sort of the patterns within them, and you'll be able to remember them more clearly. And I remember even years ago, before Neil and I had each studied dreams and mythology and things like that in depth, we woke up one morning, and again, this was years ago, but we had each had a dream where one of us was cooking pork. Now, his was bacon and mine was like pork tenderloin or something, but it was pig. We were both cooking something dealing with a pig, and it was really odd because you had this sense of we're on the same page. We don't really know what it means, but we're on the same page. But once you start recognizing patterns, and you get an idea of the language that replays in your head and the language and how it overlaps with those in your circle, yep. you'll absolutely have a much better understanding of the waves and when you're aligned with the people around you and to what extent, like if you have the same imagery, if you use the same words, if you just have similar dreams around the same time, it's really easy to understand then how to communicate and what imageries you each rely on, which will make your communications and your conversations A, more fun, B, more artistic, and C, easier, because you'll understand each other's images and language. Here I think we have to talk about synchronicity and asynchronicity. So basically what synchronicity is, some of you know, is the coordination of minds, of people, of bodies, of atoms, whatever. Syncing up with each other, working together as one in tandem. And there's a fear of it by those who are in asynchronicity with you or it, whatever. It's how things adapt in the wild. Thinking about Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. That was his, obviously, myth coming up in his dream that then he put into the speech. And it resounded with everyone that was listening and then there was fear on the other side of a lot of racist people going, I see where this is going. They didn't want that. They thought it would take away from them and their wealth, etc., their well-being. But the fact of the matter is, had he not done that, broken through, through his communication, their consciousness at the time, we wouldn't be where we are today, doing the amazing things that are happening, equalizing our society. So... Just sharing can create some synchronicities in the air. I say just put it out there, get it out there. And then you'll notice those that are not syncing up with you. They might be having trouble. They're masking away their mind. And invite them. Say, come on in. Hey, we're going to go this way if you want to come. It's kind of an open invite to what I call in my book corrective synchronicity. Your book is brilliant. Essentially, it's the sleeping answers within us to the questions that are happening during the day. Mm -hmm. 
and they're not being asked well enough. So we have to ask, talk, do more. What's our phrase? Continued communication is better than discontinued. And once you have these sort of images and languages added to your, I guess, dictionary, not that they the, these words weren't already there, but they'll be more readily accessible once you know that they're the things your brain is most familiar with. Once you start recognizing them, you'll notice that your intuition will become greater. It'll increase in its sensitivity and ability to kind of help you navigate things in life. And you'll be able to really understand kind of what your gut is telling you, where you need to go, where you want to go, how to get there. And so you'll really have this new toolbox that'll add a lot of nuance to how you navigate decision-making, conversations, overall communication, your sense of self. It'll add a lot of color, a lot of imagery, a lot of newfound nuanced ability. So that's what's, I think, really important to note here is the nuance. And because we already have a lot of these words, I already knew the word gravity before Mm -hmm. my dream. But knowing that it's something that was so significant to my unconscious allowed me to say, okay, that should be the most, one of the most readily available words I use when I'm going through something. Because it's how I obviously concretize things. So that's, I think, the main takeaway from today's thing is just the nuance of it all and the taking note of yourself of it all. And I I think one of the main takeaways, or let's call it tools in the toolbox, would be remember this, your gut, everybody's talking about gut health right now, your gut is holding the compass, the level, the ruler, or the, the definition. It's sending signals to your entire body. That's the source. That's where we digest that's where we get rid of toxic things that's why so many dreams have imagery about things that are clean things that are toxic it's warning you it's telling you not to eat those mushrooms those ones are fine kind of thing so listening to that and getting better practicing how you use your level your ruler i even noticed that in some of my dreams i was using one of those really cheap kind of just almost scratched up broken rulers and then it graduated to a tape measure that a contractor would use which I thought was so cool well that's my intuition telling me I'm ready to up my game my levels so to speak so similar to your paradigm of consciousness there so you you have your own metaphors that show up look at them play with them talk about them with people and I think another thing you could do is just seek out artists that are throwing metaphors around. I think D Smoke does a great job of it. Mm-hmm. And he code switches, doesn't he? Yeah. He yeah. goes from Spanish to English and does a great job of bridging cultural arenas in yeah. his music. He's a genius. Because I'm young, black, and gifted, Nina, all eyes gonna see. If you swung back when faced with a challenge that's meant to break you and balance scales, you ain't average, now throw your hands on. So that's a way to go. Someone else is sharing their mind, okay, and that art influences you and gives you tools. Whether you know it or not, you're picking up on these signs and symbols and signals. 
we we know it's been a lot of conversation, but we know these tools are absolutely helpful. We know they'll help you guys. Feel free to reach out if you start doing any of this or if you have been doing any of this and you want to either just talk about it, about your experiences and kind of compare and contrast, or if you have questions about how to do it with more nuance or whatever. We love talking about this stuff. And we like doing trainings on this too. We want to throw that out there if you have a team or... If your organization wants to do a training on this, we can tailor one so that your group can tap into this more. What we know is as we do this, and we've seen this in the past, it helps people become more synchronized, kind of opening up the minds so that those gaps are even smaller. More overlap in minds creates more momentum, and it's a beautiful thing to watch when groups tap into that. In this. When they tap into their artistic communication resources, beautiful things happen, relationships grow, understanding increases. And yeah. It's awesome. Dream and myth are universal languages mm-hmm. and art. So thanks for listening. Great catching up with you. We will catch up with you soon. Thanks for tuning in.